everybody, this is Todd Tucker from Illusion Industries, and I am the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Hey, I welcome you once again to On Screen and Beyond, the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This is episode 249 of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and our guest this week takes us into the realm of special effects makeup. Todd Tucker is going to be with us. He's done the makeup and special effects on movies such as uh, the Smurfs and Pirates of the Caribbean and Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, and uh, just just Mrs. Doubtfire, all kinds of things. And he also has some new movies coming out this year. In fact, he's got like six or seven. Uh, G.I. Joe Retaliation and The Smurfs 2 and Iceman with James Franco. Just a whole bunch of things coming your way. And we're going to be talking with Todd in a few minutes right here at On Screen and Beyond. So I hope you're going to be sticking around for that. And it's going to be a very interesting show. So stick around. And let's see here. Uh, we are going to be getting into Remake Madness in just a moment. But I want to remind you, if you would like to send us a suggestion on who you would like to have on the show, send it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. I will see about uh, getting that person on for you. You never know. We keep trying. We'll see what we can do about getting your favorite on. All right. What do you say? We've got a lot to do, so let's get right into Remake Madness, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness, well, the remake of Annie, which was to star Willow Smith, the daughter of Will Smith, who was the producer of the film, is still on, but without Willow. And the release date is currently set for 2014. And a big screen version of Entourage has been given the go-ahead by Warner Brothers. There's no release date on that as of yet. And Steve Soderbergh says he'd like to remake his film Kafka. That was one of his first ones. We'll see what he can do with that. And that is it for Remake Madness coming up next on On Screen and Beyond. It's time to find out what's coming away as far as upcoming new movies. Next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Upcoming new movies, Dakota Fanning will be Kevin Klein's girlfriend. That's what it says. Talk about a May-December romance there. Anyways, it's a drama. It's called The Last of Robin Hood, and it's based on a true story. Twilight's Peter Facinelli and uh, American Horror Stories' Dylan McDermott will star in Freezer. It's about two guys who are locked in a freezer by Russian thugs who think that they stole $8 million from them. And Ryan Reynolds will star in Queen of the Night, and it's a thriller, and it's about a missing child. That's it for upcoming new movies. Next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to take you down to Sequel City to find out what's coming your way as far as sequels. Next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Sequel City, well, Avatar 2 and 3 now have funding, and things should be moving along. And James Cameron is looking at a 2015 release as the release date for Avatar 2. And look for J.J. Abrams. He's going to be directing the next outing of Star Wars. So uh, let's hope he can do justice to that. 
And the Expendables 3 is looking at bringing in Wesley Snipes and Jackie Chan on board as they continue to bring back yesterday's action heroes with the franchise. That is it for Sequel City coming up next on On Screen and Beyond. Wondering what's coming your way as far as TV on DVD? I'm going to tell you next. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. TV on DVD, well, we got a couple of good ones coming your way. On June 4th, you can get Season 4 of White Collar, and you can look for Fringe Season 5 to arrive on May 7th, and the Season 4 of Party of Five will come to DVD on March 5th, but it's only going to be available online through Sony, so be sure to be looking out for that one. That is it for TV on DVD. Next, we're going to take a peek at what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD. Movies on DVD, well, on March 12th, The Life of Pi will be hitting stores on DVD and Blu-ray. March 22nd, This is 40, unrated version, will come your way to Blu-ray and DVD and digital copy. And Parental Guidance with Billy Crystal and Bette Midler arrives in stores on March 26th. That is it for upcoming new movies next on On Screen and Beyond. Todd Tucker is coming our way. He's a special effects makeup man who throws his magic into all his movies. He's done Pirates of the Caribbean, Star Trek VI, The Smurfs, Watchmen, uh, G.I. Joe Retaliation is coming up, The Smurfs 2 is coming up, Iceman is coming up, and it just goes on and on. He's going to let us know about all of those and so much more. It's a fascinating subject, and it's part of the movies, and it's coming up next. Todd Tucker, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today on On Screen and Beyond, we step into the world of special effects makeup. My guest credits include The Smurfs, Watchmen, Pirates of the Caribbean, Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, along with many others. And he has three upcoming films this year, G.I. Joe Retaliation with Bruce Willis and Channing Tatum, The Smurfs 2 with Katy Perry and Neil Patrick Harris, and Iceman with James Franco. It's Todd Tucker. Todd, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thank you, Brian. How are you doing? Great. Now, Todd, we've had directors, producers, and everything, and I know you're a director and a producer also, but we haven't had anybody who is a special effects makeup artist on yet. I'm the first. Yes. Awesome. I like that. (laughs) So uh, before we talk about the new movies you have coming up, I'd like to talk about what's your career, how you got into it, and uh, exactly what is a special effects makeup artist. Um, Sure. Um... Long story short, I was an only child who grew up in the movie theaters. I loved movies all my life. Knew I, that was what I wanted to do. Uh, started learning how to sculpt and mold and, and paint and make masks and puppets and prosthetic makeups uh, right around the end of high school. And then uh, moved down to Los Angeles from Northern California in, right around 1991 
and uh, started working professionally. And my first big credit was Hook, uh, Steven Spielberg's film. Oh, yes. Um, After that, I uh, kind of had a major plan to... uh, to uh, do special effects makeup, uh, go on set and department head different shows. Uh, I eventually did some acting and started playing a lot of the creatures that we were making and played uh, a good majority of the creatures on the last five seasons of uh, the TV show Charmed. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, got into DGA and started doing some directing also. Uh, And we did some in-house productions and a a family film that recently came out called Monster Mutt. So... And still doing the makeup effects and using that as uh, you know as my main my main source and my main uh, uh, paycheck. Mm-hmm. But yeah. ultimately, uh, it's been a long, good twenty years so far, and, and we're having fun. When we think of makeup, we think of putting the makeup on the actors. But then, uh, when you say special effects, now that throws in a whole other thing that us viewing people of the movie a special effect would be some gruesome thing or <laughs> or something like that. Right. Which area do you go more toward? Uh, did you start out just doing uh, simple makeup, or did you go into the more detailed, gory stuff? Or no, actually, I mean, really, what. What I've always done and what we do here at Illusion Industries is um, we'll get a script for a project. We'll break down the makeup effects, what is a practical makeup effect. And when I say makeup effect, I mean usually uh, something where there are sculpted uh, appliances, uh, prosthetics to change the look of the actor, um, or even uh, some kind of specialty puppets or, you know, um, any of that kind of stuff. So what we do is we bring the actors in, we do uh, head casts and body casts, and then uh, we sculpt uh, the the makeup or the costume suit that they're wearing, and then uh, creates the sculpture in either a foam latex or a silicone or some kind of material that we then go on set and glue the appliances uh, or the costume to the actor. Um, a lot of the times we do a lot of old age makeups and character makeups, kind of like uh, the Gargamel makeup on Hank Azaria for the Smurfs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we do a lot of old age makeups, um, a lot of... Uh, kind of gore effects also. Uh, the one thing, we did a, a movie recently called The Iceman that comes out this year, and uh, we did, it was a mafia film, so we did some of the, uh, some of the trauma effects along with uh, different period looks for some of the different characters. So it's, it's really kind of all over the board what we do, but it usually does uh, involve some kind of prosthetics. We've done a lot of monster makeups, a lot of werewolves and zombies and all that kind of stuff too, and that's all, you know, combinations of prosthetic makeups and... and uh, creature heads and fur suits and all kinds of stuff. So we're all over the place that way. Yeah. It, 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 from your the sound of your voice, it sounds like you really enjoy what you're doing. Yeah, I'm just a big kid, so I feel lucky to <laughs> to have this be my job. Because ultimately, if I was doing something else, uh, I would be doing this on the weekends for myself. So to actually do this all the time is uh, pretty cool. Oh yeah, it sounds like it's a blast. Jeez. It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work, and it's you know a lot of hours and. You know, you definitely, uh, I have a family, and I'm on set for months at a time, so, you know, it's hard. It's not always easy, but it's definitely, the craft of what you're doing is always fun. Yeah. Now, when somebody comes to you for a movie like this, do they come in with a preconceived idea of what they want the creature to look like, or the person, or the makeup, or or how how they age, or things like that? Or do they just sort of leave it up to you, to to you to bring it to life? Well, usually... um, Usually the director has some kind of an idea of what he's looking for, and he'll bring in some kind of, you know, uh, um, examples of other things or, you know, ideas from from things he found on the Internet or, or whatever. But they usually have some kind of an idea, and then it's up to us to kind of figure out, uh, 
you know, give them different options of ways to approach the look, whether it's a makeup or a creature suit or whatever it is, um, and then give him you know, as many options as possible so we can narrow in what the best way to get the final product is uh, with his original vision. So it's really finding out what his vision is and then being able to give him that practically and then be able to execute it on set. Sometimes a director will come in with a fully designed creature and say, make this you know, as a makeup that someone can wear, and it's impossible. The design is something that just, there's no possible way of, of creating it uh, and making it match it perfectly and have movement and all the stuff that you would need. So at that point, either we try to figure out a way of, of uh, altering it so it can work as a makeup or at least giving him different ideas of approaches to make it work. Yeah, I was going to ask if there's ever been any people who have brought you something and said, we want this, and, they, and then <laughs> you just cannot do it. I mean, Well, if they're open to different ways of doing it, there's, we can usually figure out a way to do it, and sometimes you know, it might involve uh, computer graphic enhancement at the mm-hmm. end. Yeah. You know, if they want to create negative space in somebody's face or head, kind of like uh, back when I worked on um, Hannibal, when we did the, uh, the scalping scene with Ray Liotta, we created a full animatronic puppet that could move around for some of the shots, and then we put an appliance on Ray's head and then put a green screen over his skull so that the CG guys could put a brain inside there that was in negative space that there's no way we could have created practically. So sometimes it's, it's kind of utilizing the, the computer graphics to help sell the effect. Yeah. Do you find that computer graphics is now sort of pushing away the traditional makeup? You know, there was a, um, a point a few years ago where just everything seemed like it was going towards computer graphics and a lot of directors weren't, uh, weren't using practical effects makeup as much. But it kind of feels like the pendulum is swinging back and now a lot of directors are wanting to use both correctly, mm-hmm. which is the way to do it because, you know, makeups still work really well for different characters. And then, you know, you can use the computer graphics to enhance the characters, create environments. I mean, there's all kinds of reason to use both. So it seems like yeah. makeup effects is, is a little bit more uh, prominent recently. Yeah. Well, that's good because when I see something that's CGI, I mean, unless it's really, really, you know, done well, you can always tell. And, and it's just not quite the same. Uh, you know, even sometimes bad makeup can look better than a CGI, you know. It's just... Yeah, just... I, I totally agree. You know what? The thing is, a lot of the old school movies that didn't have the CG to rely on are some of the best movies ever made, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, some of the old Spielberg movies and some of the old, you know, Coppola movies and just some of these great classic movies, they didn't have that to rely on. And I think, uh, you know, makeup's really, like you're saying, even a makeup that's not great, you still get the life and the spirit of the performer that has it on, mm, which yeah. a lot of times really outweighs a CG character that instinctually doesn't feel like it's alive. Yeah, and not to put any film down, but the other day I saw a uh, commercial for the new Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Uh, or one of them, because I know there's several coming out. <laughs> yeah. But it didn't look, I mean, a lot of CGI in it and green screen, I'm sure, uh, but it just didn't have the same effect as the original, you know? It, yeah. Just something about it, you know, it just it's it's not there. <laughs> well, you know what? There's there is a really good marriage between CG and practical and one of the better ways I have found personally that I like is when you uh will create a character practically and put them against a green screen and CG them into shots. So like things that are flying up to you, little pixies and things like that, you could very easily do really nice makeups and cool things and put people on wires 
and use the CG to put them in the shot the way you would an animated character. So there's a lot of opportunities there to combine the two and get the best of both worlds. Yeah, and, and I've looked at the list of the shows that you've worked on and, and movies and things, and and some of the things that you've done, it's it's like, it's amazing <laughs> what you've done. <laughs> yeah, I've been busy. I'm, and I will say this, too. I You know, I am only as good as my team. I have a great team behind me uh, that I've had for many years now. Um, the company that I have right now, which is called Illusion Industries, uh, is about three years old. But the creative team that I have with me, I've had for years and years and years. So it's uh, I'm very lucky in that respect. Yeah. Now, I saw on the Internet, I think it was on IMDb or something, a picture of you back in the, I guess it was the 70s maybe? Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, it was actually 80. No, actually, believe it or not, I know it looks like the 70s. It was actually 91. Uh, oh, really? But yeah. you were with some, some classic people there that... You know some some really legends. Yeah, it was that it was a tribute to Dick Smith, who was the godfather of special effects makeup, who's just an amazing, amazing artist. Uh, and everybody who was the top of the list uh, was at this tribute, and uh, I was fortunate enough to be there. And I had just started in the industry, so I was here. I was this new new kid with all of these great veteran, you know, effects artists. Oh yeah, Forrest Ackerman. Yeah, yeah, he he was there, and yeah, here I am saying the seventies. You're probably not even born in the seventies, right? <laughs> <laughs> I would have been a little bit young, yeah, but uh, but yeah, no, it, it definitely it's a black and white photo. There's a bunch of you know, uh, I'd say probably what maybe about fourteen or fifteen yes. of the best makeup artists there are in that picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I saw that, I thought, wow, you know, th- yeah. these are legends in here. <laughs> I was in awe. I got to tell you, I believe it. Now, is there anybody who influenced you the most out of that, either out of that group or any other people? You know, I got—I take my hat off to these two guys, um, uh, a guy named Matt Rose and a guy named Steve Wang. And I got really lucky. I lived in Northern California when I decided I want to start learning makeup effects. I went to a Star Trek convention and saw a bunch of masks on display, and there was these cards there, and I called. Uh, these two different cards, and the first card I called, I told the guy I wanted to learn how to do effects, and I'd come over and clean his shop or do whatever, and he told me to take a hike. So I called the second card and said, hey, I got 300 bucks. I want to have a puppet made, but I want to watch you make it. And they're like, yeah, come on over. So I ended up making friends with this, these guys, Matt Rose and Steve Wang, and they, um, they did makeup effects in their backyard, and then hung out with them, and they taught me a bunch of stuff for a year, and then they moved to Los Angeles and started working professionally, and then kept teaching me from uh, from long distance. I'd come down and meet with them, and they just kept giving me information. And then finally I moved down to Los Angeles, and they opened the doors for me to start working professionally. So, you know, those two guys really were my idols because they, they went out of their way for no reason at all and really helped me get into the industry. Jeez. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, we did have a, a director on a few, maybe a year ago, Bird Eye Gordon. Yeah. We had him on. And, of course, back when he was making films, he had to do his own special effects and everything because it, he was independent films and low budgets and all that stuff. Right. And uh, 
you know, he had to come up with ideas of how to do things. Do you still find that that's uh, common in the business where you have to come up with, you know, something that hasn't been done and you got to come up with a way to do it? Um, you know, the, what, what's, what's really kind of happening more recently that is the trick now is that it's, you don't get the time frames to build this stuff or even go on set and apply it. So you have to do stuff much faster now. So the trick now is is figuring out how to create these effects and and uh, and do these makeups and create these creatures and characters on a much faster turnaround. So and understanding also the, the materials that are going to work uh, with the new ultra high definition cameras. Mm, yeah. So really, that's the challenge now. Um, and uh, recently, when we did the uh, the Smurfs, uh, we had a silicone nose on Hank Azaria for Gargamel. And they were using a really, really strong brand new Sony camera, which was like a magnifying glass, and it saw stuff that you couldn't see with your human eye. Um, and it was really uh, interesting to to kind of figure out how to uh, blend edges that you can't see <laughs> when you're just looking at it. So it was just a, a little bit of a trick to figure it out. And the and the new cameras are, are definitely making it more difficult across the board for all the different departments. So. That's really the challenge now is, is making this stuff happen much faster and making it uh, quality enough that it can hold up to these ultra-fine cameras. Yeah. Now, do you find yourself when you're watching a movie, just, just relaxing and watching a movie, that you're looking for the makeup and, and how things are done and, and, and for mistakes and things like that? You know, I, I can definitely just absorb myself into a movie and, and not think about all the different technical aspects. But honestly, if a bad makeup shows up and it takes me out, then it's the fault of the makeup, really. <laughs> you know, I mean, a good makeup, you know, if, if, it, even if it's shot well also, you know, uh, sh- you, should, you should be able to just watch the movie and not think about it. And that's really where, you know, uh, uh, makeup should land. You shouldn't notice it. Right. Yeah, I agree with you there, yeah. Or it, shouldn't, or it should look real enough that it, if, even if it's a big, goofy monster, it should still feel real enough on some level that it doesn't take you out and make you go, ah, oh, come on. Right, yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Now, what do you find more difficult? Uh, a gory creature that has never been, you know, made or imagined before or doing makeup on a regular person, whether it, you know, be a, uh, putting on a nose or anything like that. Is there one that's more difficult? Well, doing a big gory original creature uh is always fun because you have no boundaries and you can kind of design yourself into a corner and it's, you know, uh, and no one, if it's something that no one's ever seen before, then it's hard for them to look at it and say whether or not it, it feels real or not. True. Whereas if you do an old age makeup or something like that on somebody, uh, if it doesn't look right, instinctually, your audience will know something's wrong. Mm-hmm. And it won't sit well. So the old age realistic and ultra realistic makeups uh, are really the toughest because they have to look uh, so realistic that you can put them next to somebody that is really old and not be able to tell the difference. Yeah. Now, I see here that you were working on The Flash back in the 90s. Yeah, that was, that was one. Of, in fact, that was the very, very first uh, thing I ever worked on when I moved to Los Angeles. Really? Now, what, what did you do in that? What was the type of work that you were doing on that show? Um, I Actually, I started uh, this company, and then I was sculpting werewolf feet, um, and then went on set uh, with a full werewolf costume with an animatronic head uh, for the Flash, and was uh, was puppeteering and, and doing the werewolf, and it was really cool. I mean, and I love werewolves; those are my favorite monsters. So for me to do that as my first 
uh, television show gig was really fun. Hmm. Yeah, cause we had John on the show. He was actually on a couple of years ago. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, that was a good show, actually. I yeah. liked it. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was a good show, too. Fun. Yeah. Now, I want to go through a couple of the, the films that you've worked on and just get an idea of what you did on the shows, like um, Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. For Star Trek VI, uh, myself and a group, uh, a team of, of guys, effects artists, built the Klingon dogs. There's ah, a scene okay. where the Klingons are walking with these big, giant, saber-toothed-looking dogs mm -hmm. in the snow, and we made the dogs and actually created a suit that a Marmaduke dog wore. <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy, too, because that was a big dog, and when you put that suit on him and he came walking into the room, that was, that was like the real deal. So when you're working on an animal, of course, I'm sure there's all kinds of rules and regulations for animal treatment and all that, right? Right. No, you've got to be very careful, and you also, you know, you don't want to do anything that's not going to sit well with the animal, because that's not cool either. So yeah. you, you want to create something that, you know, if they can't deal with it, then it doesn't happen. Right, yeah. yeah. What about Hook? What did you do on Hook? Uh, on Hook, uh, myself and the team I worked with did um, Maggie Smith's Old Age Makeup. Uh, they did, uh, what else, what else? We did uh, Mermaids. We did uh, the look for Dustin Hoffman uh when when his wig gets taken off and he's bald underneath yep. we did robin williams's ear tips we did all the uh likeness makeups of robin williams and uh julia roberts for the stunt actors um that was a busy show i guess jeez yeah. now with all the things that you've done all the different films you've done in tv shows and and not giving any you know i don't want to get into anybody's <laughs> names or anything like that but do the actors get a little edgy sometimes when they're sitting in, in makeup for hours? I'm sure you have it takes hours on some of these things, doesn't it? Well, I'll tell you what, and this is one of the reasons I'm glad that I've played a lot of creatures because I've I've been forced to go through every aspect of being in makeup for <laughs> days at a time, and I completely understand what it's like to go through that. So it really helps me to kind of understand how to um, how to work with the actors to get them through a shoot, especially if it's heavy makeup. Um, the actor, I mean, the problem is, is that some actors, they put it on and it just kind of becomes annoying. So you really have to, you know, you really have to kind of make sure that you cater to them enough to give them what they need to perform and, and help them relax in between uh, takes so that they conserve their energy. And, and then you have some actors who come in and they love the makeup and they sit there and they stare in the mirror and, and work with the makeup and truly let the makeup, uh, you know, transform them into the character and they love it. So. Yeah. It can work both ways, but either way, you really need to make sure that your actor, you know, um, is being is is being taken care of. And at the end of the night, especially if they're wearing the makeups for days in a row, you got to you know put skin treatment on them to make sure that their their face doesn't get raw. And you really got to make sure you're you're taking care of your actor. Yeah, so, it's hard. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah, because I remember uh, John Wesley Shipp when he was here from The Flash that um, he had mentioned not the makeup but the suit that he was wearing was the unbelievably hot. We've made some some different uh, costumes, especially costume suits, and you know, and werewolf suits and all that kind of stuff, and, and full creature suits. And you know, honestly, you really got to keep those guys warm or cooled down because they get really warm. Mm. Uh, and you know, the problem is after you've been in those suits for hours at a time and it's you know 12 o'clock at night and you got another three hours to go it gets wearing on your actors so you really have to keep them cooled down keep their energy you know conservative so that they can explode when they need to be on set and just yeah. help them through it 
Now, you mentioned uh, Robin Williams in Hook, but you also worked uh, on Mrs. Doubtfire. Did you work on Robin in that one also? I didn't go on set and apply any makeup on that one, but we did uh, all the head cast and sculpted and created all of the different makeups that he wore in the studio that I worked at at that time. Ah. Um, and it was great, too, because I was such a huge fan of his that to continue working on projects with him uh, was great. We also worked on uh, Bicentennial Man a couple years later and did some oh. old-age makeups on him, and then worked with him again a couple years ago on uh, Night at the Museum 2, where we turned him into a bronze statue that talked. <laughs> <laughs> A lot. He's a great actor too. He's one of those guys that just is amazing uh, once you put him in the makeup. I mean, he, you know, Mrs. Doubtfire, he, he, he became that character. Oh, yeah. and that's why that movie's so darn good. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Watchmen. That seemed to be a, sh- a movie that uh, had a lot of effects in it. Yeah, that was um, that was uh, done by the first movie that I was a um, an owning partner of. Uh, that was the company before Illusion Industries. We met with uh, Zack Snyder, and you know he we did all of the um, all of the character lookalike makeups for the presidents, and and uh, we also did the old age makeups on uh, the comedian and all the gore effects. Um, and every time we had any questions about the uh, the look of anything, Zack was always telling us to refer to the graphic novel. So he was really trying to. Uh, represent that graphic novel as as closely as possible, and I think the fans were were pretty into it. And I think it worked pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Now you worked on the curious case of Benjamin Button, and I noticed one of your pictures that the the uh, publicist has sent me that is one of the the young baby, old baby. <laughs> I don't know if you're young or old baby. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, that was uh, the company before. Actually, I did not go on set with that one and apply, but I was uh, part of the creative team that put together the animatronic baby that you're talking about, yep. which was the young baby Benjamin Buttons, right? Um, which, which was really cool. We also uh, did all the different uh, old age makeups um, for Brad Pitt and uh, for Kate Blanchett. Um, and then once uh, Brad Pitt became young, that was all CG. So it, we kind of just took it to the point where it was Brad current day, and then the rest of it from that point uh, went to the computer graphics guys. But that was uh, Brad was a really cool guy, um, and uh, obviously the company won the Academy Award for that one at that time. So that was kind of a, a cool thing uh, for that company. Yeah. But uh, it was uh, it was a lot of fun, and, and we did some I think groundbreaking effects on that one, which kind of uh, was nice to be attached to. Yeah, I'm sure. Some of our younger listeners uh, will probably get a kick out of the fact that you've been working on TV shows, too, uh, namely The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody and Hannah Montana, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I started uh, with a friend of mine, Rich Carell, who's one of the main directors for Disney Channel, and uh, started all the way back on uh, That's So Raven, and then actually started playing characters on the show, too, which was kind of fun. Um, and then uh, we I just started doing all the Disney Channel shows, and the most recent one, uh, is a show called Wizards of Waverly Place where mm-hmm. um, we uh, turn Selena Gomez's boyfriend into a uh, an attractive werewolf character, and then uh, every once in a while he turns into a really scary, angry werewolf character, and that's me running around getting beat up by people. <laughs> <laughs> now, was it this out of necessity that you are the one that's doing it, or just the fact that you wanted to do that? Well, I've played so many creatures in the past that I actually got a pretty good reputation as a creature performer in a lot of ways. So uh, when it came to it, they you know they just asked me if it was something I'd be interested in doing, and and 
I hadn't done it for a couple years, and I was like, yeah, that sounds like fun. It was a fun movie, or a fun uh, TV show to be mm -hmm. on, so... Uh, yeah, so I, I said, yeah, I'll play the werewolf. It'll be fun. Now, the ones that you have coming out uh, shortly, the Smurfs 2, uh, Iceman, and G.I. Joe Retaliation, can you tell us a little bit about those? Well, for Smurfs 2, uh, we did the makeup on Hank again as Gargamel, mm -hmm. um, and we shot that up in Montreal and a little bit in France. Uh, really, really amazing to work with Hank because it's one of those times, again, kind of like Robin Williams, where when you put Hank in that makeup, um, he really does it justice and is really funny as the character. So it's so much fun to see your, your makeup design come to life on an actor like Hank Azaria. Yeah. And then uh, the production group and the director, Raja, all those guys are really fun and cool to work with, so I enjoy working on it. So we did uh, number two, and that should be coming out, I believe, somewhere in July. And then uh, we also did uh, The Iceman, which um, was a lot of period piece makeups and the gore makeup, and it's a, a really cool mafia film um it actually has michael shannon as the lead chris evans who's captain america ray liotta winona Ryder. i mean this has got a great cast, cast and yeah. i saw it up at the toronto film festival and it was just intense so i think people are really going to dig this film wow um and then we also did uh gi joe um and i can't really talk too much about what we did but we did a whole range of different uh makeup effects for that show mm -hmm. and um i can tell you from what i've seen so far John Chu, the director, did an amazing job with the action sequences. And what I really like about this one is the first one had a very CG video game kind of feel about it, which is not a bad thing for some people, but ultimately right. this film feels like you're really uh, seeing what's happening and, and the action feels really real. Uh, so it's exciting. I think the fans are going to dig this one. That's great. Um, and then we also worked on, we have seven films coming out this oh, year. wow. <laughs> we also worked on a film called The East which I just saw at Sundance, which is a, uh, a really cool drama. Uh, we did a film called Fort Bliss that we shot uh, late last year, which is another drama. We did a film, uh, we did the uh, Fright Night 2, which is the sequel to the Colin Farrell movie yes. that came out about two years ago. Yeah. And we also uh, did, what else did we do? I know I'm missing one. Uh, oh, we did a movie with Rennie Harlan called, I think it's titled The Devlov Pass Incident. It might be changing, but we actually shot that one in Russia, uh, which was, which was really interesting. So, mm -hmm. and, and on, on those films, I, myself and, uh, my two key artists, Martin Astles and Joe Caldwell, usually are the guys that, uh, go on set and do all the makeups on set and, and follow through the run of the show. Yeah. Well, Ty, I'd like to finish up with two final questions. Okay. What's your favorite TV shows uh, of now and of all time, and your favorite movies of now and all, of all time? Wow. Uh, you know, I, I have to say, uh, going back, I was always a huge fan of The Simpsons, a uh, big fan of, uh, of uh, Family Guy. Um, you know, I, I, like, I like a lot of the uh, adult cartoons. They're just fun to mm -hmm. watch. Yeah. Um, as far as movies go, I, I think it's real simple for me. The, probably the three or four main movies that I continually watch to this day, Jaws is one of my all-time favorite movies. Oh, uh, yes. We just had Kyle Gottlieb, who wrote that. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that show. movie, I yet have been able to go into the uh, ocean, so that movie scarred <laughs> me for life. I have to give that one a, a hands up. Uh, also, uh the Wizard of Oz still to this day I think is one of the best movies ever made. It's classic. Especially yeah. for its time frame. Um, and then I was a huge fan of the movie Halloween. I think that's one of the best suspense movies I've seen. And I was also a huge fan and really uh, could have to you know, be a fan of Star Wars. As, as kind of nerdy as that sounds, 
I'm a total Star Wars geek also. Yeah. yeah. So those movies are really the reason why I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> well, Todd, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. I really appreciate it. Thanks, thank you. Todd Tucker, want to thank him so much for taking the time to talk to us here at On Screen and Beyond. And, and just a fascinating subject. You know, a movie is is a movie, but when you throw in that special effects, it really makes the film. And uh, he's done it all. He's done you know, werewolves, and he's actually uh, acted and everything else. So uh, uh, that, that that's great. I just love those uh, special effects like that. Uh, I'm not crazy about the gory, gory, gory stuff, but, you know, that's just me. All right, well, let's see. I want to remind you that if you are going to be shopping and you want to help out On Screen and Beyond, go to onscreenandbeyond.com if you're going to be shopping from one of our sponsors. Now, I wouldn't tell you to do this unless you were just going to normally be shopping at these places because I don't want you spending any more money. But uh, if you're going to be shopping anyways, go to onscreenandbeyond.com, and if one of our sponsors is where you're going to go, all it is is a link to get you there, to their site, and it will help support On Screen and Beyond. So if you would do that, we would appreciate it very much. And like I say, it doesn't cost you anything else. So uh, let's see here. What else? If you're on Facebook, please like us. Go ahead and go to onscreenandbeyond.com. Scroll down a little bit. And right there down at the bottom, we have a link where you can get to us on Facebook. If you are listening on iTunes, if you would please leave us a review, we'd appreciate that very much. Ask a friend if they want to hear some interviews with some fascinating people. Have them go to onscreenandbeyond.com, click on our rerun section, and in there you will find over 249 different interviews that we have done with people from the music, TV, and movie industry, and just some really fascinating people. And I hope uh, that you enjoy them, and I hope your friends will enjoy them, too. So uh, spread the word. All right, that's a wrap for this week. Until next week, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zumrak. Take care. 